0: Hey, this is Scotty Dingus, pastor of West Logan Church. We are glad you're joining us for our podcast today. I hope you find what you need in today's message. Isn't it a crazy world we live in right now? Uh, What would you have thought? You know, I know that in December and even in January that uh, I had no idea that, we be facing some of the things that we face. We've been through almost four and a half months of a pandemic so far. My son, who's a lieutenant in the Air Force, texted me the other day. And, and in his text, he says, Dad, you know, this number say this, this number say that. He says, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's the truth. And, and I, and I texted him back, Jacob. I said, Jacob... I don't know what the truth either, but I know the truth, that Jesus is the truth. Uh, He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, our hope and our trust is in Jesus uh, as our Lord and Savior. He'll get us through anything. I mean, we have seen in the last month or so uh, racial strife that we have not experienced probably since the late 1960s and early 1970s, and uh, we have been through that. We have seen uh, economies just uh, shattered, you know, during, during this time, and I by no means think that this is all just happening. I think what's happening is very, very spiritual. Uh, today, as I was getting ready to uh, uh, prepare for this message, I, the John 10.10 10 just kept coming uh, in my mind. And it was that Jesus said these words. He says, the thief, Satan, the devil, comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that uh, you might have life and have a more abundant uh, life. And and I was thinking of Satan's strategy. And I don't know if you've ever looked like, at it like this or maybe I'm the only one, you know, that uh, that... Uh, things, uh, along these lines. But what Satan is doing is that he has taken the harvest field for us. The ones that really don't know God, don't really want to know God, and he has divided them to the point where all that they get done is fighting one another. You have race fighting against race, uh, working against that. You have uh, Republicans fighting against Uh, Democrats here in America, our country's as split as it's it's ever been. Satan has not, he has divided the harvest field. He's not able so much to divide the church, but what he's able to do to the church is he's able to distract the church away from the focus and away from what God uh, wants to do uh, and the mission that God has Uh, for us. Distraction is is a big key. Uh, I brought my phone today. I usually don't bring it in church. I leave it out uh, in the car. But you know what Satan uses to distract me more so than anything? He uses this right here. And it's a wonderful tool. I've got a couple of several text groups that, that we take care of through this phone. I've watched video after video of podcasts and sermons that feed into my spirit. But also, it's a wonderful tool. Why well, it's a wonderful tool? It's a terrible master. I find myself scrolling through social media and, and inputting into my mind things that don't need to be in my mind. Our minds weren't made for all the information that we can pull uh, from a phone that flows into us. We can't process it. We were never made to process all that. And what it does is it starts clouding their vision. It starts clouding their hope. It starts moving us and distracting us from where God would have us to be. As uh, I speak uh, to you today, Each one of you that's under the sound of my voice, no matter where that you're at, I want you to know this. I want you to know that God has kingdom purpose for you in everything that you do. You are highly valuable in the kingdom of God. You've been chosen by Him to minister in ways uh, that to continue His work Uh, over in uh, John chapter 20 and verse 21 and 22, Jesus said this, and He said, Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when He had said this, He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He not only calls you to minister, He empowers you, To minister. And that minister that ministering is to continue the work that He started on this earth. That's not what one or two or three or four are called to do in a church. It's what ever every blood bought born again believer is called to do. It is what Jesus Christ wants to do through us. Uh, he wants to work through us. It's Christ's desire to empower us with His Spirit and to continue His work uh, through us into the lives of others. Our calling is a high calling. Uh, we have to always bear in mind what Jesus' purpose and His ministry was. Luke uh, 4.19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and to set uh, at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That was Jesus' ministry. And the ministry that we have is the same ministry. It's to take... Uh, Jesus to change lives. And what is wonderful about it is that we don't need a building to do this. This was never meant so much to happen in a building as it is meant to happen out in the world. How that we take this deliverance and we preach this deliverance and, and we uh, preach Jesus and do the works that He done. He says uh, over in Ephesians that we are His workmanship created into In Christ Jesus unto good works. Jesus calls us. And what's happening is, is that we are becoming so distracted by the things that are going on in the world that we lose sight of what Jesus called us to do. And Satan, through the distractions in us Christians, knows that that's what the world needs, is Jesus. So if He can distract us from the work, then nothing, nothing ever goes changed. You know, people, we still live in this chaos. And what I want to share with you uh, today is I want to share with you some ways, encourage you that, hey, I am important in the Lord. I am important to the Lord's plan. He can, through me, do great and mighty things, you know. But for order us to get to that place, we, I have to ask myself, and I ask you to ask yourself today, this question, who are you? God done an amazing thing. I've shared with it with some uh, uh, of you uh, what God had done to me. Uh, I'm a UPS driver by, by trade, and that's what I do for... Uh, about 45, 46 hours out of the week. And one evening I was just driving along Mulberry street, finishing up my day. And God spoke to me just like I'm speaking to you. And he asked me that. He asked me the question I'm asking you, who are you? And it kind of startled me a little bit. I know the God's voice, you know, I've heard God's voice before, uh, I don't know if it happened oddly or in my heart or or however. God's God. He can speak to me however he so chooses. If he wants to uh, come through on my phone, I guess he can come through on my phone. But uh, he just spoke to my heart here. And he answered me before I could even answer him who I was. And he said, you're Mark H. Vance. You're a servant of the Most High God. And he says, I have hand-placed you to help people along their way. Ma'am, was that ever a powerful moment. It was a life-changing moment in my life. I'm not Mark, Connie's husband. I'm not Mark, the father of Jacob and uh, Kaylee and Caitlin. I, I'm not Mark, the UPS driver. I'm Mark, the ser- a servant of the Most High God. And you are who you are, but you're above anything that you are. Deep down in your spirit, you are a servant of the Most High God. And you have been hand-placed by Him to help people along their way. Man, what a calling that is, isn't it? That's an amazing, amazing calling. Uh, John Wesley said this in a quote. He said, Do all the good that you can, by all the means that you can, in all the ways that you can, in all the places that you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Isn't it wonderful that God can do great and mighty things not only for us, but He works through us to impact the life of these others. That's Jesus' plan. Just as Jesus walked this earth and done what He done, and he chose this plan. That's the only reason he doesn't take us to heaven the very moment that we've been saved. Is that he leaves us here, fills us with his spirit, and calls us for his work. Isn't it crazy how the devil has twisted up things? That full time ministry means that you're a pastor that you're a Sunday school teacher, that you're a missionary when everyone is a full-time, meant to be a full-time minister of the... You're meant to be in full-time ministry for the Lord. And there's a characteristic of Jesus that I had never really thought of before a few weeks ago, that if we would incorporate this characteristic of Jesus into our life, we would be more effective and we would be amazingly effective in our service of the Lord toward others. And this characteristic is that Jesus is present in the moment. You know, Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Jesus Christ is very present. Uh, It says over in Matthew 28-20 that, Lo, I am with you always, Jesus tells us. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. I want you to think about those two words for a minute. Think about the word ever and the word always. You know? What does that encompass? And God kind of laid this on my heart. Our lives consist of years, which consist of months, which consist of weeks, which consist of days, which consist of hours, which consist of minutes, which consist of seconds. Jesus is ever-present for us. He is engaged with us. He is focused on us. There's not been a time that I've ever called on Him that He has not been willing to listen to me. There's not been a time that He has ever not been concerned with me and not been focused with me. To be ever-present that's what it takes. It takes for us to be totally in the moment that we that's, that whoever that we're engaging with, be it a person or be it a task, that they have all of us. And Jesus is able, that He is ever-present, and He is able to give us His all at every time. Have you ever thought in the fact that before you were formed in your mother's womb, that God knew you and that He chose you and ordained you for the great things that He has for in store for you. That when you were born, God was there. When my children were born, God was right there. When I held my mother and father's hands as they took their last breath and went to be in His presence, God was there. God is here today in this sanctuary. And wherever that you're watching and whatever device that you're watching on, God is right there with you. He is ever-present. He is present uh, when you are healed. He is present when the doctor gives you a uh, a, a not-so-good, a diagnosis. God is right there. God was right there when I give my heart to Him uh, on, at, on an altar. He was right there when i done that. And you know what? He was right there when I turned my back on him, knocking at my door, begging me, or not begging me, but drawing me to come back to him, telling me, Mark, I don't condemn you. What you've done, I'll forgive you. I want to be in relationship with you. He's there at the best of our times, and he's there at the worst of our times. There is a name of God that, that, uh, that means that, and that's Jehovah Shammah, that God is here, that He is present, ever present. He'll be there when nobody else seems to be there for you. He'll be there in the darkness of your bed. My daughter Caitlin used to pray, and she would look like a mummy when she would pray. I said, Connie, she's not going to be able to breathe. She has got these covers pulled up right here to the top of her forehead. But she was conversing with the Lord. She was That's the way that she prayed. Covered her eyes, and she just had a little bit of hair sticking out. But she just laid down, and that's the way she talked to her Lord. And her Lord was there in her bedroom listening to her. She was able to approach his throne of grace in that moment. Aren't you so glad that Jesus is ever present for you? Oh my, that's just an awesome thing. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. There's a verse in Philippians that says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's wonderful that Jesus is ever-present for us. Okay? But there is a quality, and I talked to Connie about it before I give this message, and we were talking about it, and everybody I've talked to about it says the same thing. is, oh, Mark, that's so hard to do, to be ever-present, to give your undivided focus and attention To the person or to the task that you're having at hand. I think it may be one of the hardest things on this earth to do. But I also know this it's possible. And it's not only possible that when we allow Jesus to work through us, man, great things can happen. It'll take your ministry, it'll take anything that you do to amazing levels when you learn to be present in the moment. Because we have this great power that Jesus has given us that's not a natural power. It's a supernatural power and it is the same power of the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. That's who lives inside of you. That's what's in you. And He's able to do what we can't do. Or we can't even imagine to do. God's able to do these things. So that if we trust the Lord to develop this quality of being ever present in us, man, it will take all your ministry, it will take your job to great levels. There's two instances uh, that I would like to share with you of where Jesus was present. Uh, I mean, He's ever-present all the time, but there's two in particular, and I think we can learn from them, and we can learn from some things in it. The first one that I want to talk to you about is the woman at the well found in John chapter 4. And in John chapter 4, um, in verse 6, uh, It says that Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And there come a woman from Samaria to draw water. Now I don't really want to get into the details of the, the rest of the details of the woman of the well. I just want you to concentrate on when this happened. Jesus was going from uh, Judea to Galilee. He was traveling. And the Bible says that when he was being wearied from the journey, being tired, he just sat down on the well. And a woman just came to the well to draw water. Jesus was there because he was tired. She was there just to, to, to do a chore of getting water. And what I, the point I want to get across to you is is that we need to be present even when we don't feel like it. It's easy to be present when we feel like it. Easier. I don't exactly say easy, but easier. You know, Jesus was tired from his journey. And this woman who was a Samaritan came, a woman that, uh, man, you talk about um, bad race relations. Uh, The Jews and the Samaritans had terrible race relations. They wouldn't even talk to one another, wouldn't even sit beside one another and whatnot. And uh, Jesus asked her, he asked her to give him a drink of the water. And, and she says, well, how, how are you asking me a Samaritan to, to have this drink, you know? And then Jesus goes on to tell her that if you drink this living water, you know, you'll never thirst again. And, and she goes on to uh, say, give me this water and whatnot. And uh, he says, go tell your husband. And he says, she says, I don't have a husband. Uh, I've had five husbands. Jesus knew everything about her. But there's one part in this story down in verse 26 that I'd never caught before. You know, this woman at Samaria was the first person that Jesus proclaimed himself to be Christ to. A woman of Samaria who had just come to draw water who Jesus was just tired from a journey, but he engaged and focused in on her, changed her life around, left us with a story of us drawing from the living water of Jesus. You know, we need to be present in the moment, even when we don't feel like it. I mean, it's every encounter. It's every task. That we need to be focused. And, and it's kind of hard to do. And uh, I won't. Uh, Connie would die if I bring her up here and do this. but uh, So she's out. <laughs> she's going to pass on that. But there was an exhibit at the uh, Museum of uh, Modern Art at New York for two years that illustrated this point. And this lady, and she made all kinds of money from it. I wish I would maybe thought about this but this lady sat in a chair and they literally had thousands of people line up and she would put her head down like this and they would the next person in line would come up and they would sit in that chair and she would raise herself up and she would focus and give this person Her attention for sometimes 30 seconds, sometimes a minute, sometimes two minutes. And it was a crazy, powerful experience for these people that somebody would take the time to focus in upon them, that they mattered. That they mattered. And no matter who you're running contact with, it may be something just in the regular course of your day, God can train you. God can equip you that you will be present in the moment for that person. That you're focused and that you're engaged with that person. Jesus knew how to do that to us. We know how to do that to others. You know what I have a hard time doing sometimes? And this is crazy. Maybe you all have the same problems too. Is I'll go to the Lord in prayer in my regular prayer time. And I'll be present in prayer. I'll be there. But my mind is here and my mind is... There and my mind's over here, and I'm thinking about what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow, and I miss the moment because I'm not present in this moment with the Lord. I'm not focused and engaged with the Lord. I find myself in worship. I think we got the best worship team of anybody around because you pour your hearts out to the Lord. I can feel that. I can feel when you sing and when you play, God will let me hear you. They might be six people singing up here. God will let me hear you, and I just rejoice in that moment because I know you're not singing to an audience, that you're singing to the Lord, that you're playing to the Lord. That's when you are that you are present in the moment. But I fought and fought at various times for because you know who knows what was going on. Maybe it was what we were going to eat for dinner or where we were going to go after church or whatnot. And I've missed that worship time with the Lord because I have not been present in the moment. With what we are going through. Here in this church, there's people that need you. There's people that need you to call them. There's people that need your ear. There's people that need uh, the community and the togetherness uh, that they get by coming together here in church. You know they, and when we get around them, let's let's focus in on them. Let's minister to them. Let's uh, be engaged with them and take advantage of the moment. The last example that I'd like to talk to you about, man, this is a powerful example of uh, how Jesus was able to be present in the moment, is with the woman that had the issue of blood in Mark chapter five, and that's a powerful story, isn't it? You know, I had taken a class on Bible study methods many years ago and they always give you this advice that when you're reading a particular passage, read a little before it and a little after it. It gives you the setting of what's going on. Okay, what was going on right before that miracle happened was that uh, Jesus, peace be still, quieted the storm. You know, and uh, I heard a great message a, a couple of weeks ago, what was on the other side of the storm. Then what was on the other side of a storm was a man that was possessed with a legion of demons. And Jesus went and cast these demons out of, this, out of this tormented man that would cut himself and would just run around naked and beat on himself. And he cast him into some swine and the swine run down the hill. And then that same guy joined Jesus' party And they were traveling back over to the other side. So Jesus had a great crowd of people around him because of this. And as they were traveling, a man named Jairus came to Jesus. And Jairus wanted Jesus to come and pray uh, for his daughter that was very ill. And as these throng of people were walking to Jairus' house, Jesus was walking and he felt that touch. No, that's wrong. He didn't feel that touch. He felt virtue, healing virtue come out of him. Oh, and that, that's just such a powerful thing to me that in a throng of thousands, hundreds, maybe a thousand people, that Jesus was to engage, able to engage that woman and heal her issue of blood. Who touched me, he said. His disciple says, there's thousands of people touching you. But he knew that somebody touched him. And the woman, the Bible says, the woman was nervous. And Jesus comforted her and ministered to her right there among those, all those people. And the reason I would even bring that up tonight is that you may have an agenda. Jesus had an agenda. He was going to Jairus' house. But there may be somebody that needs you to be present in the moment. God may have another plan than what your agenda is. They eventually do get to Jairus's house and God works a, a marvelous work there and raises her actually from the dead. Jesus is present in the moment again. But I speak to you tonight or today. I speak to you today and uh, I want you to know that there are people who God needs you to be present in the moment for and you need to pray to God that God will give you the power to block out all the distractions that Satan would throw against you to keep you from ministering as Jesus would have you minister. And what you need to do is you need to engage and be present in that moment. You need to focus, engage, and you need to believe That God's able to work through you and do great and mighty things. Connie and I talked and and we spend most of our time with our mind everywhere. It is a learned behavior to be able to do this, but it will greatly change all that you do. It'll change your prayer life when you're focused, when you're present in the moment for the Lord. It will change your worship. It will change your ministry. That person in need deserves not all of you, but all of Jesus in you. You can impact this world. You were meant to impact this world. He says uh, says over in uh, John 14, 12, he says that uh, greater works than these shall you do because I go unto the Father. Uh, The the verse where he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or imagine. You know, that, that part's a real strong part, but man, I think the next part, is just an awesome, awesome part that you need to get a hold of, that I need to get a hold of here today. That He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or imagine through the power that worketh in you. Jesus is in heaven, but He's left us here to continue His work. Man, don't, don't get focused on other things. Let that be your focus. Jesus is ministry, And we'll see great and mighty things through, happen through this pandemic uh, and through whatever else that comes before us. And God will be glorified. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to reach out to us, please contact us through social media or at westloganchurch.com.